Hello, my favorite listener. This is not my favorite podcast. Just a daily podcast on local and national news, rants, rhetoric, COVID-19, and the climate crisis. I am your host, Russ Fugel, speaking to you from the North Mountain in Utah County, Nuchiu Country, home of the Ute, Paiute, Goshute, and Shoshone. This is not my favorite podcast, not aiming to be the best or comprehensive, not even topical. Just queering the podcast mic because the world is on fire. So the big news in my neck of the woods today in Utah is that the governor of Utah has issued new guidelines and restrictions for the coronavirus. This is welcome, but a bit confusing. Um, Several long articles have been written trying to hash out the details of this, and and I feel like this complication um, is just poorly messaged and is going to go in one ear and out the other. So part of the guidelines are new masking mandates, which is good, um, which are required by the state but enforced or not enforced locally. But the masking mandates are for large events, for public places, but not necessarily for small social gatherings. Speaking of which, large gatherings in venues, theaters, churches are okay with social distancing guidelines and masking, but smaller gatherings, casual gatherings, are limited in much of the state to 10 people. So I feel it sends a lot of mixed messages that uh, that unfortunately I think people are going to use to to just rhetorically tear down these these new guidelines and say this is ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think there's a lot of a thought and merit to go into these, but it's just it's too confusing. So for a long time, the tweet I had pinned to my profile on Twitter is this. On July 9th, the State of Utah COVID-19 Response Task Force tweeted, again, this is July 9th, months ago, the governor has the constitutional and statutory authority to mandate mask wearing, but is choosing not to use that much force right now. I said on July 9th, Breaking. Governor Herbert announces that he has the authority to mandate masks statewide, but chooses not to. The University of Washington projects that 140 additional Utahns will die by November 1st solely due to this choice. When teachers die and schools close this fall, look to this decision. Now, in light of Governor Herbert's um, announcement today, I've decided to unpin this from my timeline. He's graduated beyond this. This is great. He's acted finally, though confusingly, but he's acted. And it's a little bit too late for what I was calling for in this tweet, because this tweet, you know, I'm linking to the University of Washington 
um, model, uh, IHME model, and it shows that by November 1st, they are projecting 396 deaths. This was from back in July. We're already over 500. I think we're over 550. We had 900, nearly 1,000 new cases today. We have 249 people in the hospital today. Um, our ICUs are already being load balanced. Hospitals transferring patients uh, between them to, to keep um, critical care open in those hospitals. So it's, it's a little late. Again, this is appreciated. But the governor has not been governing. He's been cheerleading. He's been trying to message this correctly, but he has not been making the tough decisions. So back on October 9th, Lauren Simpson, the policy director of A Better Utah, an alliance for A Better Utah, Lauren said, just thinking tonight about all the personal sacrifices I made this spring so that my state leaders could get a handle on COVID. I really thought we were all in this together. Now, I feel like my earnestness was exploited. I missed my sister's wedding and Herbert repaid me by getting rid of public safety restrictions. I donated to GoFundMes and the legislature passed a bill protecting companies who get their employees sick. That hurts my feelings. When I criticize Herbert and Cox for being weak leaders, that's not me being contrarian. That's me feeling betrayed at how little my sacrifices have mattered to them. I came through for them, and they haven't been willing to make their own political sacri sacrifices to stop COVID. So this is my criticism of Governor Herbert. Well, this is my criticism of the U.S. governmental response in general. We, as a general public, saw this pandemic crashing upon us with the government ineptly responding to it, and our only hope was to flatten the curve. It was our desperate attempt as a public to keep this pandemic under control. And I would like to point out that it is the public that shut down the economy. The economy began to shut down before any governors took action. And President Trump has done nothing to shut down the economy, yet Mike Pence is taking credit for Trump's action to shut down the economy to prevent a pandemic. I don't get it. We the people shut down the economy because the government wasn't doing anything. And when the government finally stepped in, stepped up to try to do something, as a policy goal they adopted, flatten the curve instead of extinguish the virus. And by adopting flatten the curve, they adopted the deaths that that means. If you look at the number of deaths that would happen without flattening the curve versus the number of, that, of deaths that happen with flattening the curve, there's not a big difference. We're talking maybe 80%, 70%, um, maybe 90%. I mean, there, there's a lot of variation in, in that. But if you just flatten the curve and you don't stop the virus from spreading, you still are signing up for hundreds of thousands of deaths. The government was supposed to step in and extinguish the virus, to contact trace and to do everything necessary to put this out so that our sacrifices actually meant something, that we were in this together. And Lauren put this so well. This is what I've been thinking about for months. And Lauren put this so well, I think it is amazing. So big round of applause for Lauren, I appreciate it. 
So now the tweet that I have pinned to my homepage on Twitter is this. From October 12th, remember back when people were comparing COVID-19 to H1N1 or the typical flu? I am talking about back in March and April, not the recent debates with Mike Pence and Donald Trump making outrageous statements. We have struggled to keep this virus under control, and it's not even respiratory virus season yet. Um, so back in April, March, there was misinformation going around on all the socials. It showed a big drop in pneumonia deaths this year using CDC data, claiming something is fishy, uh, something fishy is going on with COVID-19 numbers, that doctors and hospitals were inflating uh, inflating deaths and recategorizing pneumonia deaths as COVID deaths. And I said, if you need to counter it, see this image and message here. You know, there's an image going around. I said, this image is misinformation. The steep drop from 2019 to 2020 season is due to incomplete data. If you compare the data from, from week 11, which is when this was circulating around, from week 11, reports in the prior years, which were also incomplete at that time, you see a similar trend. 2020 becomes not so much an outlier in terms of pneumonia deaths, but there is an outlier to be seen, and that is the spike in coronavirus deaths. So now, if you look, I, I basically updated the chart, and, and if you look at the chart now, you see, the, despite what Donald Trump says about this killing only as many people as the flu, all the efforts that we've put into this as a public, all the sacrifices people like Lauren have made, everything we've done to try to stop the spread, it is from March until today, killing twice, three times, four times, five times as many people as the flu consistently. And we're just entering now into respiratory virus season and and the the spike that's coming for us that I am IHME um, is, is predicting is just very large. It could easily, um, by the end of flu season, more than double the typical number of deaths that we see week by week. I, I think, I hope, I pray, the public has amazed me so far. I actually thought the U.S. was going to fare much, much worse. And not just because of, of Donald Trump's administration, but because us as a society, we just weren't prepared to handle this. Um, our individualism that's been enculturated into us and our exceptionalism that's been enculturated into us was going to come back and bite us. And, and I am impressed during the last six months with the general public's response at large. There are segments of the population that have made this carry on much longer than it should have and have made our outbreak in the U.S. worse than any other wealthy nations in the world. But by and large, the public has stepped up and responded to control this pandemic. But we've been struggling and we've been doing that so far in the off season. And now here comes respiratory virus season and I'm, <laughs> you, you just look at the models, the forecasts, and kind of the trend of how we've been doing, and it, it's scary. And I really do hope that a vaccine is coming soon. I hope we can start vaccinating people in December uh, or sooner. 
um, vaccinating high-risk spreaders, high-risk frontline workers, high-risk communities, and let's try to get this under control. But um, I do think as cases spike this flu season, as they certainly will, um, I think the public will respond again. And I don't think it's going to be as bad as, as I fear it's going to be. Um, but, but that's just a hope. Y'all, this is what I want to leave you with. Business as usual is genocide. Business as usual has no tomorrow. In solidarity, Russ Fugel, signing off.